JMV here with Brian Kahn from Floors to Your Home. Fans, if you're shopping for flooring of any kind, you need to check these guys out. You're going to have the most incredible, totally hassle-free shopping experience ever. JMV, we really appreciate you saying that. That's our goal every day, to offer our customers a quick, easy, and hassle-free experience at all of our Floors to Your Home locations. Fans, it works like this. You see the product you like. It's going to be cheaper than anywhere else. That's for sure. Then you can immediately take it home with you or have it installed. That's right. No hassle, no special order. Just see it, buy it, and take it home, or have it installed. Like three rooms of hardwood, laminate, or waterproof flooring starting at just 349 and they have everything in stock. I'm doing my whole house, and believe me, this is the best shopping experience you'll ever have. Three convenient locations, Avon, Noblesville, and Brookville Road. Who gives the quickest, easiest, and most hassle-free buying experience? Floors to your home. That's who. Tony East, who is always really good to the show, talking Pacers and then some. Uh, SI Pacers, Forbes Sports, WTHR.com, Locked On Pacers in incredible podcasting events and more. Tony East is on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I'll kind of bury the lead here a little bit with you. So what do you think they're going to do with that roster spot? Uh, anything is my general answer. It's weird because – Do I have a chance? Do I have a chance? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I'll take a 10-day. I don't think it would go very well, but, man, would I take the cash. Um, it, you know, it's interesting because with McDermott in, like, they don't really have a, an immediate need of, like, this is the obvious position they should target or they need somebody here. So maybe you just wait and see kind of what these next two, three weeks look like. You know, maybe you want to pursue a different backup three if one's available. Maybe you want some more depth at a different spot. And that's what they do. And in the interim, they could do some 10-days or – you know, see if any mad answer worthy of getting called up. They've done that almost every season that I've covered the team. So I don't think we'll see it filled right away, but I've been wrong before, including yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> well, yesterday yesterday was wild, and I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not taking credit for I guess I kind of am. Uh, I was texting back and forth with, with Chad Buchanan yesterday during the show when I was on location, and I I wasn't thrilled with the deal, to be honest with you. Uh, with you. Uh, not thrilled with it. I, I can understand it, but wasn't thrilled with it. And I make fun of draft capital all the time while also understanding the importance of it. But when he dropped three draft capitals in in a 40-second time span after the game last night, I'm thinking, man, that stuff is directed right at me. There's no doubt. There's like three of them in 40 seconds. Some people picture the audience in their underwear. He pictured you sitting in every empty seat in that room. Yeah, exactly, going. I'm making sure JMB hears this. I mean, all he needed to add was like uh, to the numb nuts out there that doesn't think draft capital is that important. So that's all we needed to do. I mean, the thing I'll say for them specifically is like I understand where you're coming from, right? Especially when it's a second-round pick. It doesn't sound like the most exciting thing ever. But after trading away three first-round picks and now with the new second-round pick exceptions, not to get too nerdy, like those are pretty valuable. And for a Pacers team specifically that is going to need to be able to add young guys in the next three years after trading away three firsts, getting a decent pick does have specific value to them, even if you know getting worse and, and selling on a guy who's valuable to you right after trading for Pascal Siakam is certainly a little strange. So, And Tony East joins us. So here's the question. Does the value in looking to the long-term future and what they ended up out of this, which I guess sitting here right now is a second-rounder and uh, Dougie McBucket's coming over here for a couple of months, 
Does that outweigh what is missing and how you make this team worse in the present? Um, may, maybe. <laughs> you know, yeah, and I, uh, I know we don't have a crystal ball to really yeah, know that. I mean, but that's the my terrible my terrible sit on the fence answer. Um, you know, I, like the, the what you're really asking is like how much is the downgrade for Buddy Hill to Doug McDermott? And the answer could be a lot because. McDermott is like, this is the first year that he's like a noticeably a little slower at least, but it's weird because the Spurs have just no one who can pass, right? Like they are stuck in the mud on offense all the time. So I'll be curious what he looks like on like a much more competent offensive system with guys who can actually set him up because with the Pacers before, I mean, you, you remember it, that dude started in the left corner, every possession and flew out of there and defenses freaked out and then something happened. Right. So, if he can do that, still he's shooting over 40% from three again. Like, that will provide value to the Pacers. How much of healed will he be? You know, I, I, this is a term people use all the time. Is he 60% of him? Is he 80% of him? The higher that percentage is, the less the drop-off is. Obviously, it's hard to tell because the Spurs are a mess. But, you know, I think Chad kind of nailed it with what they, they could hope to do with the draft capital in the future and why it's important, right? Like, last year, they ended up trading away their extra pick to get a pick that they traded for Pascal Siakam. They could – do what they did a couple years ago and they traded a good second rounder and Aaron holiday for the pick that became Isaiah Jackson, right? Like that kind of stuff is hard to predict right now without knowing the draft order or knowing how the Pacers end this season or any sort of number of things. It's hard to say, but I think that that is, you know, again, with the changing kind of dynamics of the second round and all sorts of stuff, that's what will be interesting to me is what do they do with it in June and July? And if that can help them get something important for their team now or even just an extra good player for their youth pipeline that could end up actually being pretty high value for their you know for their long term so I'm receptive to that even though I think it is I mean I thought it was kind of low value for Buddy Heald even though I get why they did it especially with Doyle reporting in the star this morning that you know Heald kind of wanted to be traded yeah and and while I understand all that too certainly didn't have to and certainly he was still going to play and he was still going to be much more of a threat even when missing shots or slumping out there than than most people will be from opposing defenses however i will ask you this some uh, friendly advice from you to me do you think um how i'm posting up here on pro buddy healed i'm not a fan of this deal will i have to eat these words at some point when they pull off something more major that we really like and then we look back at this as you know one of the the staples of of that particular deal? Am I going to have to eat these words? Mm, uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I mean, like, do you think, do you think trading away Buddy Heald, like, will dramatically change what their end of season result will be? Um, you know, do you, I don't think do it's going to dramatically do it, but I, I just, I, I, they're just not as good. Like simply yeah, put, they're, they're simply not they're not as good. And and I guess I Tony, I also get a little pissed because I have to hear from people telling me that if he's not making, then he has no impact. And I think yeah, that's, that's BS that's because that's he, he's out there and it creates more space for Tyrese Halliburton for one, for everybody else out there because he's a major focus. Uh, people lose him in defensive rotations, which gives others a pretty good look at things often, even when he's not making shots. And then we saw last night, and let's face it, 42 by Steph Curry is one thing, but the lack of effort and interest that we saw, especially from Halliburton, I thought was to a level in which I would never see from Halliburton last night. And you could dramatically tell 
that that deal and losing Buddy Heald like that had that profound effect on him. I think their effort was was garbage last night. Obviously, I don't think it was related to specifically trading away Buddy. I mean, you don't think Halliburton's lack? He he was listless last night. There was nothing I from thought, him. I, I actually thought he he was a little hurt. Like okay, not, I mean, yeah, maybe you're right, but like he got there was the point in the third quarter where he went down after a drive. Not like hurt her, but like he just got up really slow. Like huh. it looked really mechanical. He was thinking about. It. I was like, man, is he like is he hurt? And I forget when it was in the first quarter. I just well, I didn't. Me. I didn't gather that, but maybe I'm wrong about it because I've been like, I've been reading a riot act. I, I never wanted to see that again. It just it looked like he didn't have much interest and participation. Oftentimes with with sh- shooting. And, and with offense, I mean, not scoring until, what, the third quarter. So I'm, maybe you're right. I'd have to go back and look, I guess. I can't remember when it was. I thought he was hopping once. But I'm paying attention during that game when there was so much crap I had to write. And get <laughs> not, not the easiest <laughs> No, thing you might, you might I, be I, right. Maybe it's something I missed. I, but, I thought it was more about that situation than it was anything else. I just That's what he looked like. Clear, I don't want to speak for him because I asked him if he was certain after the game. He said no. And everybody – I mean, except for Jalen Smith, who was like phenomenal. Yeah. Everybody had low effort last night. Like yeah. they, I mean, Rick was so so short with us because he was so mad at the effort after the game, and he should have been. Like they, every stat that's is about you know effort and energy that got smoked in, and even the ones the Pacers track that aren't public, like Jason loose balls and stuff like that. Rick said like they got destroyed, like twenty eight eleven. I think he said. So they, I mean, they just they. I mean, yeah, Steph was amazing, and at some point, there's nothing you can do about that, but. They they lost like pathetically, you know, like the effort losses are just for a team like this. Yeah, you you may be right. That's just not something I saw. And, I, and I I, yeah, like I expect I, wanna... I expect this Tony to be a one off. I, I don't expect to see him like that Maybe. again. But I, I just thought that the total team effort and then just his normal attention to all the details it just wasn't there for me last night. Yeah, and I think Rick said that. Uh, they addressed the team about all their deadline moves, something like right after 3 o'clock. So maybe it's reasonable to just think, like, in general, that it was still something the team was thinking about. You know, they have to wait till the deadline's over, obviously, to tell them what everything that's done is. So it may be something you're thinking about, right? Like, you go through your pregame routine basically right after that if you're a player. So I think I think it's certainly possible. Like, I asked Halberton, because he's played one game in his whole career before last night where Buddy Hield was not his teammate, which is crazy to say out loud. Right, so I I asked yeah. him every game like, what was that like? You know, like every time he dunks or has dunked at least, he, the first guy he looks at is Buddy Hield, right? Or like, there's a, you know they pair very well together. Like a lot of the argument for starting Buddy Hield before was he plays well with Ty. Then he said it was weird. Like he straight up admitted that he said it was weird and he couldn't remember shooting up for a game without Buddy. It only happened once, right? But um, you know, it, it, it's how it is, and and I we will see. I, I agree with you that I don't think they'll do that again with the effort but they yeah. miserable well and and i had to get on them last week too because we saw at least in late in the fourth quarter i thought a a similar lack of effort against the knicks where oh, yeah. where, where the knicks just collectively went at it so much harder than they did rebounding yeah rebounding. and that that oh. was and, and i think tony with this group the telltale sign of what we're talking about right now with that effort or lack thereof I think it comes oftentimes in that rebounding column. I think we see it. Yeah, I agree. I know they're not a good rebounding team in general, but I think you can really – it could be magnified, for example, when you really don't see it. 
Yeah, and last night they did okay on you know on the defensive glass, but I mean, the Warriors aren't a good rebounding team. They got ten offensive rebounds, and they just yeah they got to be better on that way. Like their guards last night, I think combined for like four rebounds or something. One for Halberton, one for Nemhard, none for Mather, and none for Shepard, none for McConnell. Like you don't think of guards as guys who need to rebound, right? You always think of the post players, but in the way the NBA's played today, the ball bounces off the rim farther on these threes all the time, and like. Even you look at the Warriors, you know, they got five from Quinones, they got three from Moses Moody, they got seven from Pajemski. Like, that matters in the course of a game. And so to lose that part of the rebounding battle, and that's kind of the everything where you get like hustle over to get it or, you know, just try to try to go grab it. Like in the post, it was pretty even. Siakam and Turner had the same combined, had more combined than the Warriors front court, right? And I'm not saying Turner and Siakam were like awesome on the glass last night, but. You know, they, they, in a lot of games, have this problem. And that Knicks game specifically, I mean, they were just miserable. That was horrible. But, yeah, the, the Rockets even crushed them on the glass this week. They happened to win that game. So, yeah, they've got to be a little more focused on the glass, I think, going forward. I um, Tony East joins us. Before I let you go, you mentioned uh, Halliburton, you know, what you thought maybe he got a bit dinged last night. I, I have said this about Miles. Miles hadn't looked right since Embiid, I don't think. Not, like, not what – I think I normally see from him. And I know that he had, you know, he had a night off last week. I think it was an ankle. And I know that the the, uh, the trainers have to really get involved with his back and get him loose and, and such to get him ready for games. But he, he looks like among a group that really needs to get some R&R during this NBA All-Star break. Hopefully he gets a little bit because he doesn't look right to me. You have my permission to call this the Dopirak curse because – Dustin wrote a story about Miles had two games under 10 points through like very late January all season. And Dustin wrote this long story about Turner's consistency. <laughs> and he had like five points in two of the next three games that he played and got hurt twice. So this is, this is the Dustin curse uh, at its finest. Yeah. Like he had, he struggled against Phoenix uh, at home. He struggled in that Knicks game. He was one of the guys who, you know, he's not rebounding one up. He's been scoring okay, like, of late, I think, out, out after that Knicks game. But, yeah, and in general, you haven't felt Miles Turner the same way. Basically since, yeah, you might be right, the Embiid game where he – that was his best Embiid performance of his was. career. It was. He was awesome that night. He didn't foul that much. He made his shots. That was his best Embiid performance by far. And then since then, he kind of has – I mean, he's again, he's been fine scoring, but in general, you haven't felt him the same way. So I agree with you. He's got to yeah. – you know, especially as they're kind of navigating minutes for Halbert and injuries – just having their vets be as good as possible is kind of important. So, Tony East with us. You're going to watch Buddy Heels debut with the Sixers tonight? I am. I'm uh, looking forward to seeing how that looks and um, what that means for him. I think that's a great fit for him. I'm guessing he'll start for them. So um, that's a good landing spot for Buddy Heels. Tell everybody what you're writing about. Goodness. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Doug McDermott's fit, what we learned from the front office last night why they did everything they did. That Warriors game, I suppose I have to do another story about. Uh, lots of stuff coming before, and i got to put it all in before All-Star break, so lots lots to come. Do you um? Did you check out the stats in the past at the Fieldhouse shooting-wise for McDermott? <laughs> I forgot about his home-road splits. Wasn't he like – Oh, yeah. He's dreadful here. On the road. Let me pull it up while we're talking. Yeah, he's always like – 50% on the road, 30% at home or something. Yeah. <laughs> it, it didn't feel like – and I mentioned this yesterday. It, it felt like he never hit a three-pointer at the field house. That's what it felt right, like. For, for his career – so this isn't even this isn't even just the Pacers. He's played 319 road games and 318 home games, right? 
This includes his time with the Bulls and the Spurs and everybody. 43.5% from three on the road, 38.8 at home. <laughs> 5% difference for just no reason at all. How about that? That's weird. <laughs> that is weird. Hey, that. well done. Thanks for uh, helping clarify this. And, again, I'm going to fall back on you if I have to eat these words and this defense of the <laughs> my buddy healed stance here if uh, they come up with something bigger down the road that's more impactful. So I'll have to eat my words when I have you back on. We'll see. Well, I mean, look, that they are, it's admittedly, I think they'll say it too. Like, it is a risk, right? Like, that's yeah. part of part of admitting it to business is admitting that the trade you made is a risk. And if, if Buddy truly wanted out, like Doyle reported, that's something they have, that's a risk they might have had to take, basically. No, and yeah. yeah. Well, and I, just, I just wonder if even in the now, even with what they have as an end result, if it was worth it to kind of upset things and to decline offense. It was the other thing, too, points per game. And that they if they don't reach that threshold or at least get in the neighborhood of what they average, they rarely have a chance. So I agree. Yeah, they've been struggling a little more, and some of that's just tied not being 100. percent But yeah, their offense has been down a little recently, and you know I think people have written about this, and I think it's been a little overblown. But you know Matherin specifically, like his, I don't think he's going to play like a ton more. I just think his role is going to change, right? So if he can be more efficient with the second unit, I think that can keep them afloat specifically he's a a key guy for me to watch these next three games before they can kind of practice during the all-star break a little bit yeah i always thought too the well it's going to open up more minutes for matherin matherin would open up more minutes if he played more consistently and that to me never had anything to do with buddy healed being on the team but uh we shall see tony man have a great weekend try to get away from it for a minute too Yeah, you you wish. I wish, you wish. We'll see what happens. Thank you. Tony East, thank you, man. I appreciate you. Take care. Thanks. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. On the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline, the voice of the Hoosiers that's going to tell you about it all tomorrow night. 7 o'clock pregame, 93 WIBC, and 8 o'clock is that tip time from West Lafayette. Voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher with us. Are you ready to go? I'm ready. Good. Are you studied? Are you well read? Are you versed? Or are you good to go? Yeah, I'm, I'm. I've got all that kind of stuff taken care of. <laughs> <laughs> do you yeah, uh, I'm ready to go? When you do your uh, Matt Painter interview, when does that happen? Uh, I do. I will probably do Matt tomorrow night somewhere between six and six fifteen, six twenty. Then I'll do Woody after that, and. Uh, but Matt's always, yeah. always done an interview with me. And, of course, I've known him since he was basically a recruit yeah. for the Hoosiers at one point. <laughs> and then his, his scholarship got whisked away. It did. Mr. Leary. And next thing you know, he's at Purdue, which really bothers me. But other than that. <laughs> it, it, is, it is often interesting to think about how, had that not taken place, things could and might have been different. Interesting to think about. 
right? That is. It yeah. really is. I mean, Matt's whole life changed when, when Indiana didn't take him. And he went to Purdue, and I can't. I would think that he can't have said anything different than it worked out for the absolute best for him. Well, and, and your conversations are great. He just – he provides such tremendous content. I, I love talking to him because I can just say, yeah. hey, what do you think about basketball? And he just brings it on a variety of different levels. So it's good too because it's probably becoming tougher, is it not, to get coaches on? Do you, you struggle a little bit with getting absolutely everybody on like that? I'll tell you, yeah, we don't get everybody. Um, this year there were two coaches that haven't done an interview with me, and uh, that's it and as far as basketball. That's the only two guys that haven't done it. Jawan Howard being one, um, and then uh, the he new sounds guy like a blast that, to be around. By the way, he does. Yeah, <laughs> trust me, it doesn't bother me that he doesn't. Do right. <laughs> and then uh, and then Terry Mills does it. You know, uh, the color analyst for the Michigan uh, uh, program, and I obviously do him, and I've known Terry for years too. So, anyway, he, he does a good job, and. And I won't take assistant coaches. Generally, I'm not saying I never would, but I've rarely ever taken an assistant coach on a pregame interview for one reason. They will tell you less than the head coach. Because <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to get in trouble, if you know what I'm saying. When, so, when's the last um, time you took an assistant coach? I can't remember. That's how long no, it's been. Gotcha. No, I, I always – if I can't get the head coach, then I go for the color analyst or the play-by-play guy for the opposing team, whoever that may be. But this year, there's only been two that have not done it, Juwan being one and the new guy at Penn State. It is um, – um, oh, yeah, that I've guy. Got, wow. I've, got wor- I've got word into Mike Rhodes uh, through their SID um, that I didn't understand why he wouldn't do it and and to let him know that he's the only one other than Juwan Howard. So if you want to be looped in with him, <laughs> don't do it anymore. <laughs> He's probably going, hell, I'm going to do three of them now. <laughs> Wait a minute. Well, I think he was – I don't think he was used to doing that at Virginia Commonwealth where he was at previously. Yeah. And uh, hopefully uh, – and I've got a couple people that know that are close to him at Penn State, the play-by-play guy, Steve Jones, and and then uh, Kincaid, who, of course, was an SID for Indiana for several years before he went back to Penn State. And those two guys are talking to him for me. So hopefully we can get that done in the near future. Well, but in basketball, yeah. we almost get everybody almost every year. In football, we hardly get anybody anymore. It's amazing. And the, you know who does it in football? Who's that? The guy that's been there the longest in college football at, at, and did 10 football at Iowa is Kurt Ferentz. Yeah. And he's the nicest guy you'll ever talk to. He is absolutely the nicest guy. And let me tell you this, I, and as being a, a radio dude like me and a listener, I, I know this because I always think it's cool when I have a guest or a coach or a player, for example, that like, like give a great example. When you're talking to Greg Gard, you know, a couple, three weeks ago, whenever it was, uh-huh. he, he calls you after every question, well, Don, and, and it's just casual, like you guys have known each other, and you right. probably have for years. I long for those types of conversations. I think it's so cool when you have those talks pregame-wise or, you know, when I'm on here and it's just like, you know, two guys at a table someplace talking about basketball and a situation with somebody's basketball team. It's so comfortable. And that's that's what I gather, for example, with Matt and with Greg Gard and others. It just it enhances the conversation so much it makes it even more enjoyable for me, at least. Yeah, and, and, and you know, who another, another guy always calls me fish. <laughs> 
and that's Fran McCaffrey. Yeah. We've been, he, he, when he became the head coach at Iowa, the first year he was there, I can't remember where we were at, but he was someplace where I was at in the stands, and I went up and introduced myself to him, and I said, Fran, I remember when you were at Notre Dame and you, you were working for Digger and all that kind of stuff. And we got into this great conversation about about Digger Phelps and, and some of the – things that he did <laughs> as a head coach <laughs> and and uh, he was great to talk to and I know our Indiana base fans don't like Fran all that much because of a couple of times he's come down and gotten in our huddle here in recent years but I've never let that get in our way and every time I go to to uh, Iowa I get an interview with him and he's always been uh, ready to do it the other guy that's great at doing it is Brad Underwood at Illinois and you know why he was a telecom major in yeah. college, yeah, and, and he respects the role that guys in broadcasting do. You know what I mean, right? So that's that's the reason. And and like I said, most of these guys are just great to deal with. Hey, you answer that really quick and see who it is. No, I'm not going to answer it. <laughs> you know who it is, then, don't you? That's no, why you're I not. I don't know who it is, but I'm telling you, it's a Fort Wayne number. And I guarantee it's somebody I don't know. So. <laughs> I know you're going to say it's a Fort Wayne number. I guarantee it's somebody I don't want to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any idea. Well, awesome. I do have an idea, but I doubt it. Oh, it's a Don Fisher voice of the Hoosiers with us. <laughs> but you mentioned Underwood, too. Yeah, he seems like a guy that gets it. I, I heard him. I can't remember where this was, where he was talking about, you know, being on TV and ranting and raving is one thing. But I think he said his daughter had said, hey, you need to drop some weight here. I don't know how great you look on TV when you're ranting and raving. <laughs> he dropped some weight because of that. I thought that was awesome. He does seem like, you know, through that, and Fred McCaffrey's the same thing because he seems like a really good dude until a metamorphosis occurs and he's a, you know, a raving lunatic when he's coaching. But Underwood's kind of the same way. They just seem like great basketball conversations just outside the window in which they're coaching in an actual game. Well, and then the other guy that's like that too is Todd Isidore. And Tom Izzo can, I mean, when you watch him on the bench sometimes, he's talking to his players and he's just getting in their face and he's gritting. <laughs> <laughs> and all the machinations he goes through on the bench and stuff and you think, Gosh, I would never want to talk to that. Guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You get a preconceived notion. Yeah. Yeah. He just he's a wonderful guy to talk to and, and I've known him since he was the GA for under Jet Heathcote. So we get along really well too. I I've had so many conversations for him that almost made me miss my pregame. <laughs> <laughs> no, those those are the best. I, I love it when they say fish or say Don. Like, and I just referenced Greg Gard because it felt like you know you guys were just sitting across from one another having a cup of coffee yeah. pregame yeah. or something. That's how good it sounded. So yeah, it's 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 pretty cool. It's pretty. I mean, that's that's one of the perks of this job. You know, when you start making relationships with everybody that you deal with and. And most of these guys are great people anyway. And some of them, I mean, I'm not saying that guys like Ryan Day and Jim Harbaugh, those guys haven't done an interview ever uh, in regard to the opposing radio station. And I'm not saying that they're probably put upon by so many people that their people just guard them and keep them from doing that. But the guys that do it, they're just great to work with. They really are. So Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers. Um, speaking of, of great to work with, um, I, I take a guy like Anthony Leal, and I, I could not be more happy for oh, I know. an individual. You know, knowing what IU means to him, being from Bloomington, Bloomington South, Mister Basketball, wanting to go there, loving that program. I mean, all of that. 
And it has been so cool, you know, what, three out, two out of the last three games or whatever it has been, to see him yep. play such a significant role. And then, Don, for everybody else out there, you hear parents all the time talk about, you know, if if I want my son to play like blank, it's like Anthony Leal, who fights, has fought through everything to earn minutes, get those minutes, and then has been significant in a couple of games in the last two or three weeks. I love to see it, and it, it, it really, as deserving as any kid to get that and to have that type of positivity is Anthony Leal. Absolutely. Uh, and Anthony is a terrific young man, smart as a whip uh, in both basketball and in what he's going to be in is business. The guy already has a real estate business, I think, set up, if you can believe that. And he's still in school. He's getting his master's. He's a high school business guy. This kid is smart. Uh, he's going to be successful in whatever he does. But the great thing about him is he stuck around Indiana despite the disappointment of not getting a ton of playing time in any of the years he's been there. Almost none last year, and for a while this year, it looked like he wasn't going to get any this year. But because of injuries and those kinds of things, all of a sudden he gets an opportunity, and the greatest thing about it is he's taken advantage of it. And he has gotten, like he, like you said, he's fought through all the negativity. He loves Indiana University. He loves the school. He loves the, the, to be in, being a part of the program. Um, and he's a good basketball player. Uh, he, he hasn't had as much playing time as I'm sure most people feel like he should have had, but he's taking advantage of his opportunities here. And if you noticed the game the other night, he hadn't taken a shot outside of twice. I think he was fouled on two different occasions where he went to the free throw line before he took the three point shot that gave Indiana the lead. And then the two free throws that sewed it up, he, he hadn't taken a shot all night long. And he was just out there playing defense, busting his butt, played over 20-some minutes. In that Six rebounds game. over that span, too? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, he, he wasn't trying to take over the game himself. He was just trying to be a part of what they were asking him to do. And he played 25 and a half minutes in the ball game. He had only six points, and five of them were scored, I think, in the last, what, uh, minute and a half. Yeah. So no, I, you, you yes. talk about a kid that busted his butt. And that's the other thing. And, and he and Trey Galloway – have played together through with AAU ball and all that kind of stuff through the years. Um, and those two guys play as hard as anybody on the floor for Indiana University. And they anybody who wants to play for IU, all you got to do is watch those two guys, and that's the way you got to play if you're going to be successful. And the cool part about it is, I mean, next week they get a Sunday game, right, with Northwestern in Bloomington. He can, like, show a home in Hyde Park with his business and then play on Sunday. <laughs> Exactly. That, it's perfect opportunity. It is. Uh, and, and here's the thing: they've got. They're going to have seven days in between games. I mean, they, yeah. they play on Saturday uh, tomorrow, and then they don't play again until that following Sunday, which is the second time this year we've had like seven days in between ball games or a week in between games. And I have got to be the dumbest guy in the world because I should have set up two trips to Florida. Why did you not do that? Blues. I didn't even think about it. I wasn't looking at the schedule that closely. You know, I'm just, I don't think far enough ahead these days because basically I can't remember yesterday. So <laughs> that's one of the issues that you become when you become my age. And it has been a problem to say the least. And next year I'm going to look at those schedules really close. Yes. Yeah. Now, did you get out and play golf any this week? 
No, 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 no. You could have today, though, right? Yeah. Today, I probably could have gotten out and played, and I didn't even think about it. I had some personal issues to deal with this Mm. morning. Um, My mom at 97 years old and lives in Oklahoma, and and I I can't go into it. But long story short, it wasn't because she was ill or anything like that. It was just other things. So at any rate, long story short, I didn't get out until about 1.30, and then I went to the store, and I went, I just blew another day of playing golf when I could have been out there. What an idiot. My mom is uh, 79 and dealing with a lot of things down in Green County. Yeah. Green yeah. County so I, I know exactly uh I know exactly what you talk so. And I'm I'm the only one I'm the only one there too, so I know, I get it. <laughs> but uh yeah, I know exactly well. Hopefully everything is uh okay with all that in mind because yes. that that always hits home with me because I I am uh dealing with the uh the same thing. So, I just I just say, "Hey, you know, she lives way out." I say, "You don't yell at some of the people around you. Well, they're sawing they're sawing logs and they're throwing it on my property." I said, "Hey, you got 40 acres and you haven't seen 39 and a half of it in 40 years, all right? So, let them throw it. I said, because one of these days you're going to slip and fall in the yard and they're going to drive by and just look at you and wave and keep going. <laughs> I got a feeling your mom could take care of herself. Oh, yeah. She's uh, she is something. I, I told this story to Chad Buchanan, the Pacers general manager, last week. No, two weeks ago. I said, hey, uh, my mom watches every Pacer game, and she says she's going to be pissed if you uh, – and she called him Obi Tappen. She says, if you trade Obi Tappen, I'm going to be pissed. So I told <laughs> I think that had some bearing as to why they didn't trade Obi Tappen, who is Obi Toppin, but Obi Tappen. So, yeah. yeah, exactly. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, it's pretty funny, though. This is a Don Fisher voice of the Hoosiers with us. Uh, anything you take away from the first, I guess, probably a lot of things you don't want to contribute to the second one that took place in the first one. I, I guess being able to withstand some runs here and not letting Purdue get out early and often would be, I think, a start to a competitive game tomorrow night? No question. I mean, the last ball game against Purdue, the Boilermakers took, uh, just started from the very beginning and and went on some runs and built up a lead by halftime and then just expanded it through the second half, which is what Indiana cannot allow to happen in this ballgame. They've got to be able to hang around in this contest because when Purdue gets it going, uh, it's really tough to stop. And, and they've got all the tools to make it happen, as we know. So it, you're going to have to and, – and here's the other thing they're playing in Mackey where – Indiana has rarely uh, fared well, yeah. even though they did win last year in that last meeting, uh, which has also made them mad. And remembering that Hood Shafino so, was so good in that game, Don. Well, so good. Yeah, yeah, I'd say that was pretty decent. Yeah, so good. <laughs> Sean Megan. I, I think that's one of those games where, you know, you just said, yeah, this, this guy's going to be here one and done. That was one of the one of the big yeah. time you know, showcases to where you realized that was going to be the case. Yep, and it's unfortunate uh, that he's still not around because we could certainly use him with uh, the injury problems that we've got with X and and everybody else that's that's not 100% healthy. I mean, Malik Renew is just playing his guts out, and so is Galloway, and Leal's really helped him here of late. They they need to get more out of Khalil Ware than they did on Tuesday when, when he just, I think, basically – uh, he just didn't play very well, and and he had the same kind of game against Ohio State the last time. And when Indiana played Purdue the last time, he also struggled against Zach Eady, 
And I hope that he's learned something from that and can help us tomorrow because I think Khalil is going to be really important if Indiana is going to have a chance. And uh, he is good to go, right? Good to go for tomorrow? Uh, as far as you know, you know I, I can't even answer that question no. because I can't get anybody to tell me. <laughs> I mean, nobody wants to say whether he's going to be able to go or not. I know he kind of dinged his knee up a little bit in the Ohio State ball game. He didn't practice on Wednesday. They did not. The team didn't practice. They took their day off on Wednesday. So they were getting ready to go yesterday and today. I haven't heard anything today from anybody that he did practice on the last two days. So I just don't know. Yeah, and then uh, uh, Xavier Johnson's got that uh, C-3PO looking thing on his elbow right there. Yeah, so. he's, he's probably going to be out for a while, and, and I don't expect him to be back here in the next couple of weeks. I just think it's going to be a little longer than that. Um, That's just a gut feeling. I think um, Leo should start tomorrow. you agree? You know, I, I, I if you were asking me if I was the coach mm-hmm. – <laughs> I would start him, yeah. But I, I think that the the question mark is, and and you know how Mike Mike has coached this way his whole three years here at Indiana. He likes to have the stable starting lineup in every ball game if he can do it without an injury issue. And he never changes the starting lineup unless there's an injury problem. That's that's the whole thing. And so my gut is, and he's been going starting lineup that kind. He does a nice job. But is he is he in that position right now to get the job done against this guard these guards that Indiana that uh, Purdue has? I mean, Lawyer's a bigger guard. Obviously, uh, Braden Smith is probably not even as big as Gabe height wise, but he is such a tough matchup and is playing so well this year in his sophomore season. So I, you know, and I think Anthony Leal uh, would do a really nice job in that sense of being in the starting lineup, but. He's going to get playing time because he's been playing so well of late. I know that Mike values what he's been able to put on the floor to help his team. Yeah, no doubt about that. But yeah, that start, that start is you know big to being able to hang, and it uh, Purdue made it tough on him back yeah. in January down in Bloomington. So for sure, you get that nice eight o'clock late Saturday start too for you. All right. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be a little bit later than normal. Well, we're driving up tomorrow, and we're driving back tomorrow night, so that's the good news. No, that'll, that'll, be, uh, that'll be really good, too. Hey, I did want to ask you this. Obviously, with Purdue at the top, makes a lot of sense. Is the, the Big Ten breaking in a lot of areas in which the way you felt it was going to at this point in February in the season? The only thing that I was the only thing I was confident in happening this year in the Big Ten because of the transfer portal and the number of guys that left after last season from all of these programs. The only thing I was certain was that Purdue Boilermakers would probably be winning the conference championship, and and it's played out just as I anticipated, which didn't take a rocket science to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it. Um, I, I tell you, and I know that that's after Purdue, you know, it's a week, as you mentioned, and then Northwestern on a Sunday is down in Bloomington. They, they are fun as hell to watch, I think. They are. So They are. And and I tell you, they got an Indiana kid on that team that's playing great. Brooks. He's, yep. he's just playing terrific. And and his dad came up and introduced himself to me last uh, last year when we were in Northwestern when they beat us. And Bowie went nuts at the end. Well, of yep. course, he went nuts during the whole ball game, but then made the shot that made the difference. Um, but his dad came up, and, and it was really good to meet him. And, and he's so proud of his, young, of his son and said, 
Well, he better be doing what the coach tells him to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I've known him since 1989. Hilarious. I've known Mark Barnheiser since 1989. We have been friends, and uh, it is awesome to see what he is doing. I think he's also the 10th winningest coach all time, maybe in the state of Indiana, high school-wise. I he's think so, yeah. At Lafayette, Jeff now. But, uh, you know, Brooks and then his his older brother, Braxton. Braxton plays at Rollins down in uh, Florida, just like their dad being basketball junkies. And the one thing that always stood out with Mark for me um, as we've been friends is, you know, and Dusty May, obviously, at Florida Atlantic, played for him at Eastern, where I'm from in the mid-'90s. But is you he could get you to do things that you would not ordinarily believe you could do yourself meaning you mm-hmm. you want to run he's like one of those classic run through the wall type of guys but yep. there are also some that have succeeded in playing for him and realized things maybe they didn't think they were going to and at the same time they wanted to to run through the wall and hoped it fell on him so they're like two <laughs> different two different avenues to go but he is one of the greatest coaches i have ever been around and i i have so much admiration for him and i see so much in brooks um, as a player as to what I, I saw in him. Because obviously he went to Purdue first and then transferred to Auburn. He was a really good player from LaPel as well. But um, just it, it he's been one of the better coaches I've ever been around in my life. And you can see a lot of that in, in Brooks. Oh, you sure can. I mean, you know he's a coach's kid. He plays smart. He's tough as nails. Um, and he's really helped Northwestern. He's gotten better each year he's been there. So that's, you know, it just tells you everything you need to know about their family and about dad. And because yeah. and, and I guarantee you, dad is telling him, you better do what the coach says or else. <laughs> yeah. he, he can be a Swiss Army knife. He was he was guarding, um, what's his name, the, the big dude, um, the, the big Dutch dude, I guess, came from Bradley for Nebraska for Fred Hoiberg's team. He was guarding him and guarding guard. Yeah, I mean, he's, yeah. Yeah, yeah Mast. I'm sorry, yeah. And yeah. He was guarding him, and he was guarding everybody on the floor. So that's, that's a great convenience defensively to have when you have somebody that can check other guys no matter the position on the floor like that so exactly that that versatility is uh, absolutely a necessity these days in college basketball all right you guys hit the airwaves at seven what time are you guys gonna roll up about what 740 no 645 or so is that what time what you mean you mean what time we're going on the air yeah what time you're rolling up to west lafayette you get there about 645 no 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 we'll probably get there probably before five but right at 5 30 ish gotcha. yeah, someplace in there all right should be fun be early and, yeah, and i'll tell you this early. on the way home think about this for a moment turn on b105.7 because i'll still be on when you're on your way home tomorrow night i'll have eric if i'm driving i'll have eric call you with, do it with his record with his recommendation <laughs> just tell him is he gonna re- he will request something from his era though right it'll be like well, taylor we'll swift out. i may i may i may make him have to do something a little bit better than what what he yes. would actually offer up you know but you got to give me that phone number i can't remember it 681-1057 681-1057 yep 10-4. You got it. I'll be waiting on your calls tomorrow night. Those special re- <laughs> and when all else fails, earth, wind, and fire nails. Remember that. Absolutely. If uh-huh. I don't call, uh, what time? See, that game will get over with what? 10 o'clock, yeah. 10 15. Yeah. We won't get out, out of there until 11. 
So, yeah, about 11.15, throw on a uh, little September. So. You got it. Just for you guys. <laughs> Drive safely. Have a great broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, John. I appreciate it. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Mike Wells of ESPN Radio on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. We're getting close to Valentine's Day, so we thought... Our friend Mike Wells should check the verse. And last night, I'm talking about when we made sweet love, listening to some Marvin Gaye all night long. That old thing back. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Won't you? So won't you? Oh, here we go, Jay, right here. I'm ready. Here we go. Good love of Bounty Rockin' Knocker Boots all night long. <laughs> yeah. Making love until the day to the break of dawn. Let me tell you something here, Mike. Let me tell you something. That line, good love and body rock and knocking boots all night long, is one of the best lines of the 1990s right there. Would you not agree? Oh, man, without it. I mean, listen, (laughs) at at some point, the young heads are going to listen to you and I. I know. like, damn. I know. J&B and Mike Wells. Always some of that '90s baby making, love making music, R&B style. I'm telling you, go check it out. They need to get on that. That that is at the top of the list of he and she and music right there of the 1990s. It does not get any better than that. And I know, I know it's not Valentine's Day. I know we're like five days away and all, but we're not going to have you on uh, again until after Valentine's Day. So I thought we'll go with H Town and and knocking boots right here. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see uh, what, in the month of uh, November, December, how many newborns will come in around <laughs> the, around uh, December fourteenth or so. How many new little little, little 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 types are coming into the world around that time, man? Hey, most important, next Friday, yeah. please tell me you're going to be broadcasting for the convention center or something. Where are you broadcasting at next Friday? Um, well, right now I'm here. Because at some point, I've got what, what do you got here, James? Hold on a second. James has got breaking news. Uh, well, I'm not okay. I'm not actually sure if I'm if I should. What is it? I'll just I'll just pass you my phone and you can read it. You can decide oh, if I'm okay. supposed to share this oh, on okay. air. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. There's something you can't share on the air. I think I was gonna break Ooh. some news right here, but no, I um. I think I got something. I got something going on. I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say it just yet, but it is going to be a big deal. I will say that, but I, I'll try to work around it. So, what are we talking about here? Listen, because I want I want to be. I'm going to be downtown. I'm actually staying in the Media Hotel All Star Weekend, so I'm going to be down there. And I got I'm gonna have time to kill prior to the uh, Rising Stars game on Friday night. So, if you're broadcasting live somewhere, 
I was going to come hang with you, have a uh, a beverage or two, and yes. we're going to go enjoy ourselves. We um, well, I'll tell you a little something. I, I I'm not allowed to. I don't think I'm allowed to share this publicly just yet about something that is going to to go down. And I'll let you know. And yes, we'll we'll work that out. Okay, because you want to. You'll also want to be doing this. I guarantee it. So all right, no, 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 good. Hey. Good deal with that. And um, how come you're not in the celebrity game, man? How come the folks hook you up, man? You believe that? You believe that? I. Why am I not in there? They put these YouTube influencers on there and stuff. People that can't play a lick. I get no love whatsoever. You believe that? Yeah, man. They don't realize that your range is anywhere inside that court. Yeah, it doesn't don't. matter where you're at. Take no that. love for yes. you, man. They got uh, what's his name, Isaiah. Quincy Isaiah, is that his name, that would play Magic Johnson in Winning Time on HBO? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's in that, I think. But he's only 6'3". I mean, hell, I could take him, too. Man, that, that, that's just, I, I, I'm Jack, man. I, I can't wait. I know we got to talk about the trade, you know, trading Buddy Hill, but I, I can't wait for next weekend, man. This is going to be great for the city. It's going to be, hopefully, only, only if the weather was like this. The way it is today, next week, that that would make it even better, man. But I, I can't wait for All Star Weekend to get here. Me too. And uh, are you now? Did, did they give you a media credential? Are you gonna be able to go to the event? Um, Friday, I don't Friday, have Friday? I don't have anything right now. Um, so I don't know what I'm gonna do. But I am going to. I'm gonna find stuff for us to do. Um, that you know, like I'm looking at the Nelly thing. I'm looking at some parties and things that, uh, at the very least, we can go and say we were there. So I I'm not gonna let you down. I promise. That's Promise. why you my dude, man. I can't, I cannot, I cannot wait for that to happen, man. But uh, I, hey, I know you, you were not surprised. You called, you called Buddy Hill for weeks, man. You, you, you figured Buddy was gone um, at the deadline, and you could, you know, look, looking at the end of the season, he wasn't gonna be here next season. But you may, so you weren't shocked by it, right? Well, honestly, I talked to Chad Buchanan a week prior, and I kind of got the feeling that they were going to stick. And Mike, my argument on Buddy Heald is this. I understand there are a myriad of reasons as to why the Pacers dealt him. Um, and, and, you know, especially the one further down the road. I just hate hearing about draft capital, right? But I understand how important it is when you're talking about still building a team, again, down that road. My problem is that did you get enough in return – that justified shipping him off and, for example, having a team look as disinterested as it did last night and getting worked over by Golden State. That is what I would question. Did you get enough for when that happens, for when they make a deal and we're all thrilled and we remember the time we were complaining about training buddy, trading Buddy Heald and you wonder why you even said it. But did they get enough in return? Because I think they just right now stand with a second rounder, right? And then with Doug McDonald. Dermott coming in, did you get enough to justify that upsetting the situation as clearly they did? And we saw that last night with that loss to Golden State. Here's the thing what people need to ask themselves is while Buddy Hill long term wasn't going to be here, and while Buddy Hill probably, you know, clearly, you know, did not, did not like, you know, his, his, the way his minutes were going, you got to ask yourself, who is more likely to have that game where he's just going to go off and hit seven or eight three-pointers to be a difference maker? Don't get me wrong. I've been a big Doug Dermott fan since he was playing for his pops at Creighton. But if you, when you think of where the Patriots are five games above 500, 
and what their hopes and expectations are. You're more of a bucket getter, a guy who can just take over a game. You're getting more of that from Buddy Hill than you would get from Doug McDermott. So I saw your tweet yesterday when somebody mentioned draft capital, and I think you put it, you quote tweeted it in quotes, and essentially, you know, said you're tired of draft capital. Well, it seems seems like this might be the first move you've been upset about with the Patriots this year because it's been a lot. We've had a lot of positive things to say about the blue and gold all season. Mike Wells of ESPN Radio joins us, and you're right about that. I was actually during the show yesterday. I was on location at Whiskey Business, and I was I was texting with with uh, Chad Buchanan about it, and you know they know that I make fun of draft capital. Now that's not without understanding how valuable it is. We just don't have that true understanding until you pull off a deal for example for pascal siakam you know then we all go oh yeah well that's really good that's a smart move my thought is did you acquire enough of that now to upset again as we saw with this pacer team last night and and tyrese Halliburton was unlike i've ever seen him as disinterested as i've ever seen him and maybe that's just one game. Hopefully it's just one game. But clearly you upset that last night. And, Mike, even when he's going through a slump, even when he's not knocking down threes, they, being the other team, have to scout and prepare for him. And automatically he gets that respect, make or miss, every single night that creates space for this team to be better and for Tyrese Halliburton to work. And I just wonder, even in the last year when you know he's not going to return, all right, he's not coming back. Can you not live in this moment, right, and also be protective of the future? That's what I want to know. That's all I want to know. And Chad's going to join me on Monday and have an answer for it. But, you know, last night it didn't look like that that was the case at all. So that's, that's, an, that's an alarming thing because you look at – where, I mean, for as good as the Patriots have been at times this season, I mean, they've, they've we've, we've, we've uh, watched what they've done in Milwaukee. We've seen them come from behind and beat the Celtics. They, you know, a number of games, have been, you know, they've been right in the mix of things. The reality is, Jay. Yeah, we're they're here. Only the, they're, okay. they're, they're, on the, they're only the sixth seed in the Eastern yeah. Conference. Yeah. And they're only uh, a half a game over eighth seed of uh, Orlando. Yeah. So it's not like they're sitting in the top four seat where they're, you know, sitting pretty with one of the top four seats in the East. They're in that they're in that position that, you know, we've been accustomed to where they're flirting toward the bottom of the Eastern Conference. And for as good as Halliburton has been at, at his all-star level he's played at, and people were talking about him being an MVP candidate during one stretch in this season. And the additional the, the additional of uh, Siakam, it's not like they're blowing away the rest of the conference. Hey Mike, I'm being very selfish because I want I want what hopefully is going to be at the end with this vision that this this group has in mind right now. But it has been so long since there's been any winning of any kind around here. I am being selfish because I want to see it right now. I want to be able to, at least at a certain level, be able to celebrate that right now while also having in mind the vision of the future and not messing that up or, you know, staying within the vision, the focus, the parameters that clearly you're building right now. I'm selfish. I want it all. I just thought some of that right now, this season was taken away yesterday. I'm going to say, I'm going to say skip the future, man. We have been hearing the word the future out of the two professional teams in this town for a number of years now, between the Colts and the Patriots, I'm uh, preparing ourselves to set ourselves up to be good in the future. Forget that. Embrace it. Embrace it and say, hey, 
we've shown with this group what we can do. You know, Buddy Hill goes elsewhere in free agency this this offseason. You know, let him go. But for now, we're going to sit there and see what we can do, what we can do to, to move up the ladder in the Eastern Conference. I mean, they're going they're going into New York tomorrow. What we just saw, it seemed like it was just yesterday. The Janet well, it does feel like yesterday. Was, uh, Brunson put up a forty piece on them last week. So they're going right back on the road against them. Um, and so there, there's just so many things to sit here and look at with this franchise. Like, hopefully this is not going to be set back. Because you're right, I, I I was flicking back and forth with the game last night, and that was. Ooh. Yeah, it was awful. Was, it was awful, and, and it was more, especially in the second half, it was a lack of effort. That is something you never want to see. And I, I was shocked at watching the interest level, the engagement that Tyrese Halliburton had. I was shocked. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna call it a one off. I'm gonna call. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and say okay. I think no, that's no, fair. No, that's no. absolutely fair. Yes, I, I, I would I'm, agree with I'm you. Call, like I wouldn't be shocked between what Brunson did to them a couple, you know, last week and the fact that he's coming off a boo-boo game where Steph Curry goes up and puts up a 40 piece to make 11 three pointers against them. I would not be shocked that Halliburton has one of those games where he gets, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, 25 to 30 points a game, 13, 14 assists with only one or two turnovers. I would, I, I, that would not be surprising one bit. No, I, no listen, I, I would agree with you. I just, that was last night. It was just surprising because of the lack of engagement that he had. I mean, it was really, it was truly going through the motions last night. And like I talked to Tucker Barnhart a little bit earlier today off the air, and he said, hey, that's a real thing. When you trade somebody from your locker room or your clubhouse, that in the case of Buddy, is that significant for the harmony within that group and especially your leader, your elite-level player that he's been around for four years, been a mentor, a brother, too, that in that quick turnaround, right, within a couple of hours of the trade you're going to get on the floor, that can have a profound effect on you. He said that he experienced that in the Reds' locker room, and he certainly saw that last night in the Pacers. Man, man, listen, we know Tuck, Tucker's been in, in, in playing Major League Baseball for quite some time right now. Shout out to him for playing with Simon with the Diamondbacks, too. But, uh, yeah, it, it is. I mean, this is not a deal where Halliburton and he were just teammates here going back to the Sacramento days. Um, no matter what Halliburton has, he has to get it fixed. He has. He can't have another game where he only takes seven shots, scores five, uh, only scores five points. Those are, he has those type of performances. I don't care if Siakam or not. The Pacers are not going to – they're not going to – they won't remain above 500 if he plays at that type of level for, for if he has a stretch of number of games where he struggles on the field or he just seems like he'd rather be anywhere but on the basketball court. I, well, I completely agree that that's a one-off. I look at that as a one-off too. I just it was tough to it was tough to watch, for sure. Yeah, so it'll it'll uh, I can't I, man I wish Chad Buchanan would have came on this, uh, this afternoon. That'd have been great. A day after I tried. I uh, yeah. I mean, I I tried. He said I think he was. He said he's on the road with him right now, and and uh, he was coming on 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 Monday when he gives me an opportunity to cool down. <laughs> I swear to you, if you listen to that press conference after the game last night at all, he. He went like 40 seconds in and went uh, draft capital three times. I swear to you, he was talking to me. That was like for me uh, right there. 
Somebody who hates. I'm so sick of that around here. Draft capital and cap space. I am so stinking tired of hearing about that around here. It was almost like it was meant for me. It probably was. I mean, it probably was. And I'm sure you were cuss- you were cussing them out as you were saying. You were cussing them out in your head <laughs> saying, damn it. Stop saying that. Don't be saying that. It was tough. Stop being saying that. So, all right, so here, all right, all right. Let's play, let's play the what-if game. Yeah. You know, let, let's go ahead and play the hypothetical game. With what they've done, the addition of Siakam, um, yeah, I'm not getting too excited about McDermott. He's just a uh, situa- situational player. Do you think the, the Pacers, when it's all said and done, they will leapfrog any of the five? Actually, you know, I think they'll get ahead of Philly because without, without Joel and B, that's big. Do you think they have a chance to jump up to the fourth spot, which means getting ahead of the Knicks or the Bucks? Or even the I, I don't. I don't because I, I think you saw the Knicks. The difference in that trade deadline, the Knicks clearly go all in with this. And now they're going to be without OG Ananobi for a minute. But they clearly went all in with uh, bringing in uh, Bogdanovich and, and Burks in the fashion in which they did. So, yeah, I don't think you get them. You're not going to get the Bucks. Um, I don't think the Bucks are going to lose to other teams and, you know, the level in which that. So, in the Cavaliers, I don't know if you find anybody in the NBA right now playing better than Donovan Mitchell and the Cavaliers. What are they, 15 and 1 in the last 16 it, games? It is. They are on a run. And you know what? We saw them a couple of different times play the Pacers earlier this season, and it, it is night and day. It's like a 180 compared to what we witnessed when they played the Pacers to what we have seen them in the past month. They've all absolutely been on fire. Yeah. Um, so you got you, you the Pacers' best hope, in my opinion. Again, I think not having Joel Embiid is going to kill Philly. I can see. The Pacers doing enough to move ahead of Philly in the Eastern Conference, but you got to hope that this is you know what Cleveland's doing now, winning 15 out of the last 16 games. They're gonna the water's gonna level level off and yeah. they'll come back to earth. But beyond that, I think they're set. And I'm never going against their exposure. I know Miami has not been anything close to what we what we you know what we've seen out of them in recent years. But as long as their exposure, Jimmy Butler, Butler and company are still out there. I'm not going to count them all. So they, they got the heat breathing on their neck still. So it, it's going to be interesting how the rest of the season shakes out. The schedule is in the Pacers' favor, uh, playing a lot of teams with losing records. So, you know, hopefully they, they don't have any of those meltdown, those letdown games where they lose where they should have easily beaten the team. Yeah, you think about this too. Orlando's had absolute ownership over the Pacers so far this year, and they're – they're right behind them right now too. I, you know, the, the word was that Orlando was trying to make a heavy pitch for Buddy Heald too. And you think about, you know, obviously if Embiid comes back with Buddy Heald, it's going to be interesting to see because when Embiid gets double teamed, for example, maybe triple teamed sometimes, how many absolute step into three point wide open looks he gets. But we'll see upon that return. But I was thinking about Buddy Heald and what he could have been with that group in Orlando, that young group that's very athletic, fast paced, get a lot of space with them as well. They're just kind of lacking a point guard in Orlando. But uh, that was evidently a thought that Orlando had some interest too. But we we shall see. I, I don't know if we're going to see a great deal of moving up, probably more maintaining hopefully than anything else i think that's what you got to hope for so is that a disappointment if it's just maintaining um because it, I, I, I couldn't tell you i couldn't tell you until i see the way this plays out is that fair i just don't know it depends on how it plays out 
because I mean, it's crazy how our tune has slightly changed some. Because I think I think we can agree, you and I have been sipping that that, that blue and gold Kool Aid um, several weeks ago when they were playing at a high level, when they were doing things in the end season tournament, and now it's just kind of like they they have come down to earth a little bit, just a little bit. And you got to hope that th- this is just a just a rut that they're in, and let's get through, let let them get through these three games next. Charlotte and Toronto and get to the break so they can get to the second half of the season. Need to change that thought around. No question about it. Hey, I want to get back to All-Star Weekend. I saw our friend DJ Gino, uh, yeah, DJ Gino has uh, putting on a show with, uh, among others, Rakim and Chubb Rock. What? Hey, treat him right. Treat him right. I'm telling you. Some Rakim right there. Man. I saw Eric hey. B. was at the Heat game earlier this week. I didn't know he did anything anymore. I think once once they split, he was like Oats and Hall and Oats. You just go, uh, wait a minute, what am I going to do now? What am I doing here? Wait a minute. What's happening? Yeah, you know, I saw something, man. Everything seems to be spread out for All-Star Weekend. I saw something's going on at Dave and Buster's up at Castleton. Yeah. I thought everything would be downtown and make everything producer, but I see it's going to be a lot. Hey, the Uber drivers are going to be in heaven next weekend because everything's so spread out around the city. Yeah, I think uh, they got something going on in Newfields, right, I believe. Does uh, yep. George Hill got George, something hey, going on there? George, hey, George Hill, uh, I think our boy Amp Harris is putting a party on. Hint, 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 Amp. Uh, over at Newfield uh, next week. <laughs> exactly, you got that. Yeah, there. It's uh, it's going to be a fun week too, and that's that's one you celebrate. It'd be nice. It'd be great if next week weather wise was this week weather wise. This has been perfect for February. Hey, exactly. Exactly. Hey, uh, you bring you bring in our girl Lainey downtown at all? Oh, uh, that's a good question. We're going down to see Center Grove in Bedford North Lawrence. Tomorrow in the midday, they play at BNL in the regional. That's going to be a um, the defending, the defending champion, and uh, Center Grove tomorrow. They met in the semi-state hey. last year. BNL won. The Bedford North Lawrence head coach is a longtime friend of mine, so I'll go watch you that. Taking the, you, you, you taking the entire Center Grove? Uh... Center Grove Middle School basketball team and the coach. Uh, I got to hustle ass back up here by Saturday night at six o'clock, so I'll probably just take Laney and like make her walk from. 69 over to 144 to my house or to our house i should say so yeah. <laughs> hey can you cut a path through there because i gotta get downtown but no we're gonna go watch a little little ball i think uh midday tomorrow i'll try to get hey, back yeah, in time yeah. hey, hey bedford north got a girl a young lady who's going to alabama yes year. i think her name is chloe spreen i believe is her name she is a very good player going to alabama for real Well, Jeff Allen, we've talked about this before. Jeff Allen, their head coach, played in the early 80s. He went to Vincennes for two years from my high school, Eastern Green, and uh, and then transferred after two years of Vincennes. He went to DePaul when DePaul was really good. He was uh, in the years, I think he was after Mark Aguirre, but was there with maybe a year with Terry Cummings, Tyrone Corbin, and uh, some of those early 80s. He, He may have spent one year with Ray Meyer and then transitioned to Joey Meyer. I can't remember, but that's back when DePaul was among the best teams in college basketball. Man, nice, man. Hey, I'm hoping, but I don't uh, think he ever played. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he played very much, but he was there. He was holding it down. Uh, he was probably enjoying life on campus, though, saying he played on the basketball team. Yes, indeed. And he's had, obviously, his daughters. Yeah. 
has had missed basketballs, and you know, I think he has one still playing at DePaul, one played at Michigan State. The one playing at DePaul started at IU, so I think she was recruited by Terry Morin. But uh, he's had uh, a, a number um, of those that uh, have played really well. Uh, from his family. Pretty impressive. He's a really good coach, too. So I'm going to go down and watch them tomorrow and come back up here and play the hits for everybody. Mike, how's everything going over there? How's everything with Layla and uh, Brownsburg? Uh, and- hey, 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 Layla had a sick bunch. She had to miss, miss a game last what? night. She was, she was not too happy. Um, she's been, she had been knocked out since Tuesday. Man. And she went back to school today, um, slowly getting back. But, yeah, she was not up. She was not happy. She had to miss a game. I, I, I had to tell her it's just middle school basketball, kiddo. That's Only the, middle school basketball. So we'll we'll be all right. But see, she, I need to, I need to be more like you. Back. I said, Lenny, I said, get your ass up and go. <laughs> just go. Hey, get up and go. Hey, I, I I heard our girl Lenny had a good game on Monday. Nah, too, she man. did. Yeah, she did. All right. So good. Good times. Good time. Get a little. It's uh. It It's a wonder what you can do with a little uh little effort, right? Little want to, little clock mixed in. That's what we're talking about with the Pacers from last night. Didn't get a lot of uh, that want to, but it's it's amazing. We've always talked about this too, and um, I, I've always said this that that effort is skill. Effort is a skill, and sometimes that's forgotten. And you know, as much as you know, we, we talk about our girls. You talk about Tyrese Halliburton and the elite level player he is. Effort, continuous effort, is also a skill. And uh, don't let anybody forget that. You're right about that, brother, man. Hey, you guys have a great – enjoy that father-daughter time tomorrow. Going down oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Then we got to do the Super Bowl buffet at the house on Sunday, which, Ooh, which means what, 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 they what ask for mean? all this food. We set up on a table, a buffet table, and I get all this food out there, and then they end up eating popcorn and Cheetos, and that's it, and I have all this food just sitting there. <laughs> uh, kid, hey, kids, I tell you, brother, man. Tonight, <laughs> hey, hey, have a great weekend, yeah. man, and I will uh, talk to you next week. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Meantime, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline, Got busy later on tonight and tomorrow night on Indiana Sports Talk. Evidently busy with uh, Marion a little bit earlier today as well. Brought to you by your 14th Central Indiana Joe Childers run. CarX locations, Bob Lovell, who joins us now. So what was going on with you and Greg at Marion earlier today? Marion University versus Huntington in uh, Crossroads League competition this afternoon. Both teams battling for a spot in the uh, – in the playoffs, they're both, uh, you know, going to battle out for, in terms of, you know, seeding for the upcoming conference tournament. So, very important ball game, which Marion won handily, uh, 88-55. And I have your new favorite player, it's Gus Etchison from Marion. Oh, I've if heard stories. Play, I've heard. You need to take some time and go out there and watch him play, John. He's I... like you. He never. He doesn't shy doesn't away from the shooting. Man. What's that? He doesn't turn around to anything. I, I've heard that no, he Gus. Turn, no, he turns down nothing. Gus, he, is, he is a fun, fun yes. guy to watch. That's awesome. Good for him too. I've heard great stories about Gus, and we listen. We know we know the head coach very well. And we know that uh, he can coach on any level, pretty pretty well. So we know that. Well, they're they're playing great. They really are, and it was uh it was a fun fun it was a fun game to do, and it really 
It really was. It was just, uh, you know, you know how important the game is to both teams. You know, there's a lot on the line, uh, and you just um, just kind of fun to be asked to be there and have some have a good time on a Friday afternoon. Sorry, I had to blow you off at three thirty, but you know, <laughs> it's all right. No problem. You, you were number two on my list of priorities. I understand that. So I'm lucky I'm that high. You know what I mean? I'm lucky. Frankly, yeah, yes. I understand. But that, <laughs> that's okay. Uh, hey, we got a busy afternoon coming up tomorrow with the girls in regional play. Sites around the state of Indiana. And this one, I guess, I get looking at Pike uh, Plainfield, Mount Vernon, LC, Decatur. Um, I'm going to head down to BNL, I think, for a little bit. Center Grove and Bedford North Lawrence, the defending That's champion, Jeff yeah. Allen. And I'm going right. to tell you what, Coach Stuckmeyer has done an absolute fantastic job. I, I, Center Grove, I've seen that a couple of times because of Laney. Um, they are a joy to watch on both ends. I mean, they, they get it up and down the floor. They shoot well. They're team-oriented like crazy. And defensively, they do this kind of weird thing where they play kind of spots on the floor. But, man, it, right. it, it works. And they're as good as, as certainly as advertised as we thought they were going to be this year. That's a hell of a game. Well, they play a great schedule. Uh, and you think about, you know, athletic teams in Center Grove have success. At, at all levels, at all sports, um, winning matters to them. They're really pretty good at what they do, and so they are. Uh, they're they're worth, as you said, they're worth the price of admission. That'll be a great game. Obviously, I care what my Quakers do. Yes, um, they did a nice job to win their sectional. So here you go. Here you well, go. Um, what's play, John? How what, what's his name's? What's his name's got a freshman girl that's really good, right? Over there. Uh, uh, you mean Kurt Binge? No. Um, God, why can't I think? Play Indiana State. Why can't I think of his name right now? Oh, my, yeah. Michael. Yeah. Michael God, I my, suck. Mike Minter's daughter. Hell? Oh, yeah, yes. absolutely. Yeah. She's really good. She's, yeah. As you say, she's a freshman, and, and uh, they, they love her. And, her, you know, having that uh, genetic background that yeah. you have, yeah, you were born to be a hooper. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. He's the AD over there, too, right, Mike? Uh, he's an assistant principal, AD. Ah. He's an administrative side. And, um, you know, he was smart enough to recognize where he, sh- where he should live. So, you know, made the move to Plainfield. Let me tell you this. In a world of administrators, <laughs> when you get a good one, embrace it and keep it. Because oftentimes that can't, you know, you keep it when you have a good one, don't you? Well, especially on the athletic side. Yeah. If you have someone who is, uh, has been a coach, uh, understands what's going on with athletics, understands that athletics can enhance the educational experience for everybody and you don't need to be nervous about athletics. They can peacefully coexist with everybody on the academic side if you do it right. So you know, you have to go in with an open mind and a willingness to do it and Having people like Michael Misser on board will never hurt you. So Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk tonight, tomorrow night. He's brought to you this afternoon by the 14 Central Indiana CarX locations, CarX.com today. I do want to mention, too, also at Bedford at 4 o'clock tomorrow, Evansville North, but you get Franklin, and Franklin obviously having a great year. And Mike Armstrong... He is like the Energizer Bunny. He just keeps going and going and going from the 1980s. I think he's been coaching since Wooden around here, but he keeps going. Uh, he, you know, he got he got his uh, second win. You know, uh, not long ago, came in and was part of the program, and then the, when the coaching change happened, uh, yeah. he stepped in and 
you know, he's a lifer. You know that. And he is a tremendous basketball coach, uh, energetic. I think more than anything, people understand and appreciate his sincerity. Uh, and he can X and O with anybody. That's that's for sure. That's why uh, our ladies here in town are, are so good. We're all, we're uh, you know we're, we have a couple of favorites. We we got we have a couple of horses in the race coming up today <laughs> or tomorrow, John. We really do. I just love it because you can tell he's been around so long and he has he has been you know griped at a bunch, but he's got a great filter. Like I'll fake gripe it at him when I see him often, and it's like he doesn't even hear me. He's just got such a great filter. It just goes in one ear out the other. That's how you can tell he's been around and been successful that long because you have to have, I think, that component, that filter to be around that long. Well, if you're going to coach and stand it and uh, have success, you, you absolutely have to have that filter. And um, a lot of people can. There are a whole lot of people who can't because, um, you know, it, it's it's amazing when you get into the coaching business – Everybody, including your family, they all think they know more than you do, and so, I mean, it's it. No, you have to you have to do it for a living to to fully understand it, and yeah. so, yeah, you have to have a filter. And I think the other part of it too is if you're going to be a coach or a coach's wife or a coach's kid, uh, toughness, mental toughness, is an absolute must. You talk about learning life lessons as kids and then even as adults. Be be married to a coach. Be a coach's wife. Be a coach's family. Uh, you'll learn great lessons. You'll have great highs. You'll have a bunch of lows. But in terms of what you'll learn in life lessons, you can't beat it. I I do. It's one of the things I, I really enjoy now more than ever is I like trying to figure out what coaches are trying to do. And I, I don't think – like like – and I'm not I'm like when I when I have done it, you know, for example, with my daughter, I'm more of a hype guy. I mean, I stand up yeah. and clap. I say right. run the floor. I say get in the stance. Yeah. And, you know, I say all those those common kind of buzz terms. Right. But I really it don't coach. Yeah, way. exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, I really don't <laughs> I really don't coach too much up. But I have noticed me watching more and more today off the ball because we're so conditioned during a game on TV to watch the action with the ball. And I try my damnedest to watch off the ball. And it's, it's almost like it's a different game that you watch, but it's enjoyable as hell. Well, you know, the game changes and, you know, nowadays it's, it's hard not to watch the ball because everything is oriented around the ball screen, either high, low on the wing or wherever. So it's, you know, it's ball screen motion, dribble motion and whatever you want to call it. But, you know, there was a time not long ago when you actually had a lot of action away from the ball. You know, I don't know if you guys at Eastern Green had a particular offense. You may have run flex. You may have run uh, the old Butler offense. Oh, yeah. We got a lot of flex action. We, we yeah, run a lot yeah. of motion. I mean, yeah. if, if you grew up, like, if you were of my age, um, you ran whatever Bob Knight was running. So we were running right. any kind of motion that you could run. So, yeah. And, in, you know, in the night era, when you ran motion offense, you didn't screen the ball. Yeah, that's the interesting thing. Nowadays, all you do is screen the ball. Exactly. Uh, so yeah. you get a staggered screen. You'll get a double screen. You you you'll screen the ball. You'll have five different people screening the ball. And and um, back in Coach Nice day, screening on the ball was a no no. You would pass and screen away. Very simple stuff. Pass, cut, screen away. Those kinds of things. Game changes. Those kinds of things. Interesting to sit down and X and O with you. I'd be I'd be. Curious yes. to see where you are in your development. <laughs> yeah, well, that'd be, that'd be I, worth an hour of my time. I, to I do live in a world. I live in a world of the high ball, 
I live in a world of the high ball screen and the and the slip screen as well. I mean, that certainly has has taken over. But the things that have changed, one of which is how the jump pass is being taught now and how it was forbidden and would cause right. you to run stair laps right. endlessly if you threw one. And now that's practiced. It's amazing how we've seen that transition over the years. Well, the, the game changes, John. And, you know, it's, um, it goes through cycles. You know, you go through uh, different phases. Like I said, you know, Coach Knight was here. It was all motion and all man-to-man. Prior to that, you know, they, they, I'm sure a lot of zones, some coaches want to go multiple defenses, go different zones, man-to-man zone, different things. Some people like to pick up full court, those, you know, and fall back and do crazy things. But it, it's, a, it's, it's cyclical like anything else. And uh, right now we happen to be offensively in a cycle of ball screen motion, penetrate pitch. I don't think that's going to change in terms of the game. The game is, Face the court, uh, try to penetrate, pitch, and find somebody behind the arc. You know, try to go all the way to the rim. Your mentality is you want three points on every possession. You either do that by penetrate, pitch, and find a spotted shooter, or you go to the rim, get fouled, and make a free throw. That's yeah. that's that's how offense is. That's where it is right now. I'm not sure it's going to change anytime soon. No, it's not. We, we have entered a a place, and we saw. We saw one of the biggest, if not the most, uh, the largest of influences last night here in Steph Curry. Because no. it's, yeah. it's, I mean, there, there is no turning back to the way oh, no. that no. we, we used to see basketball played. It is going to continue, and it's, it's going to get more and more. I mean, more and more. And, and I guess they're good and bad. There's a good. It can be beautiful basketball. Like last night with Steph Curry, his shot-making ability, you know, much to the chagrin, chagrin of, of Pacer fans, but it was beautiful to watch the shot-making ability. However, you get some, you know, others that aren't quite near that category that pull up from, from 30 feet um, after one pass or off the dribble on a break, and it leads to a lot of bad shots as well. But it's never going to change. That's why I do radio. I don't. I have to worry about that stuff anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, now, it was beautiful. Be careful. Be careful what you wish for too yeah. when it comes to this. Just be careful. Yep. Uh, anyway, uh, also tomorrow you got uh, around the state, uh, Speedway, Danville, among others, Hamilton Heights, uh, I think Woodlawn. Um, who else you got here? I'm looking at right now. Uh, Greensburg, Scottsburg. I think I mentioned a lot of the area teams. Noblesville's up in Marion coming up tomorrow. So I'm sure right. you'll have everybody right. covered coming up tomorrow night, all that, and tonight as well. Yeah. By the way, two collegiate games of importance, including Indiana, Purdue, and Butler, Providence tomorrow. Well, everybody's obviously excited about the IU-Purdue game. They always are, and they should be. Uh, I think it's, you know, it'll be a great matchup. I, I know it's in uh, West Lafayette. And so, you know what? It's always good. I wish they played four or five times a year, quite frankly. And uh, there's still a lot of basketball to be played, so I wouldn't get excited or concerned one way or the other. There's a lot of hoop to be played. And your Sycamores just continue to yes. uh, dazzle, John. They really, really do. And Josh Shirts, Coach of the Year, why why is he not in more conversations for that? I mean, the turnaround is nothing short of miraculous. Don't trip and fall in Springfield, Missouri tomorrow. Just don't do That's it. That's exactly right. Don't yeah, do be, it. be careful. Yeah. Uh, you know, conference play is always difficult, even when bad teams are yes. playing. But they're playing at home, and so you just got to continue to do it. 
uh, like how they're set up. You, you've been there. Uh, I've been there. They're fun to watch. They are. And they can shoot the basketball. They kiss. Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk tonight, tomorrow night on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline every week brought to you by CarX at CarX.com. All right, have a great weekend. We'll Thank do it again God. next week and see where we are and uh, have a hell of a basketball. By the way, next week, NBA All-Star Weekend around here, too, so we'll be busy. So. Thank you, John. Thanks for the time, as always. Have you a great it. weekend. Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk, right there.